Ashling's UN Insight, a weekly look at the work of the United Nations. Welcome to Ashling's UN Insights. Having recently returned from an internship at the United Nations headquarters in New York, and with my family growing weary of my constant yammering on about it, I've decided to pass on what I learnt to you lovely listeners. The UN is heralding the 2020s as their decade of action. So what exactly is it that they're working on? This week, we're looking at Sustainable Development Goal number two, entitled Zero Hunger. This Sustainable Development Goal aims to end hunger, secure food security and improve nutrition and promote sustainable agriculture by 2030. This includes goals to ensure all people have access to sufficient safe and nutritious food all year round, to end all forms of malnutrition in people of all ages, to double the agricultural productivity and incomes of small-scale food producers, and to ensure that we have sustainable food production systems which maintain rather than damage ecosystems and which have the capacity to deal with climate change. They also highlight the importance of maintaining the genetic diversity of seeds, cultivated plants and farmed and domesticated animals as well as wild flora and fauna. The UN hope to achieve these goals through a variety of methods, including increasing investment through increased international cooperation in rural infrastructure, agricultural research, new technology and plant and livestock gene banks and by correcting and preventing trade restrictions and distortions in global agricultural markets and limiting extreme food price volatility by ensuring the proper functioning of food commodity markets. So, how close are we to achieving these goals? Unfortunately, the number of people who are hungry is on the rise. Roughly one in nine people on the planet, or around 821 million people, were undernourished in 2017, which is an increase from 784 million people in 2015. In 2018, around one in five children under the age of five were stunted by a lack of nutrition, which is a decrease compared to 2000, but shows just how much further there is to go. A statistic that particularly jumps out is that whilst 49 million children under the age of five were affected by undernourishment in 2018, 40 million children were classified as overweight. Considering the vast number of people who are still unable to access sufficient food, it is disappointing that both aid to agriculture in developing countries and government spending on agriculture has decreased over the last 20 years. There is still a long way to go until hunger is eliminated, but it is a worthy goal to strive towards for the next 10 years and beyond. The scope of the United Nations is huge since there are many departments tackling different global issues, So each week I'm shining the spotlight on one department and looking at the work that they do. This week I want to look at the Office of the United Nations High Commissioner for Refugees, whose acronym is UNHCR. You may recognise that acronym because Angelina Jolie has worked closely with them for almost 20 years. UNHCR was created in 1950 during the aftermath of the Second World War to help millions of Europeans who had fled or lost their homes. It was originally going to be disbanded after three years, but its vital work throughout the 20th and 21st centuries have earned it two Nobel Peace Prizes and meant it has continued. They have over 16,803 personnel, work in 134 countries, and credit themselves with having helped 
well over 50 million refugees successfully restart their lives. The UNHCR is considered the guardian of the 1951 Refugee Convention, which is a legal document signed by 145 states, which defines the term refugee and outlines the rights of displaced people and the legal obligations which countries have to protect them. One of the most important principles of this convention is non-refoulement, which states that refugees should not be returned to a country where they face serious threats to their life or freedom, an assertion which has become part of customary international law. The aim of the UNHCR is to protect refugees, forcibly displaced communities and stateless people and assist in their voluntary repatriation, local integration or resettlement to a third country. It helps refugees and displaced people in a multitude of ways, from providing shelter, water and sanitation, health programmes and education. They also work at an international level to advocate for governments, non-governmental partners and the public in general to adopt practices to ensure the protection of displaced peoples. Although I couldn't find statistics on all the work they do, I found some about their work related to educating refugees. Although 3.7 million refugee children are out of school, primary school enrolment increased from 61 to 63% in a year, and secondary level enrolment rose from 23 to 24%, and refugees accessing higher education rose from 1% to 3%. Although as percentages these increases seem small, they actually represent life-changing education for tens of thousands of young refugees. And so this is a really positive change to see. The UNHCR's work is incredibly important since as of 2019, there were around 70.8 million forcibly displaced people worldwide. 41.3 million of which were displaced within their own country, 25.9 million of which are refugees, and 3.5 million of which are asylum seekers. UNHCR also estimates that approximately 37,000 people a day are forced to flee their homes because of conflict and persecution, which is why this department is so important. There were two international days this week. These days aim to raise awareness of a particular global issue, and so if any of these topics really pique your interest, then I encourage you to look into them further, as that is exactly the aim of declaring international days in this way. Friday the 29th of May, was the International Day of UN Peacekeepers. This day is heralded as a chance to remember and pay tribute to past and present UN peacekeepers and to honour the 3,900 peacekeepers who have lost their lives serving under the UN flag since 1948, which includes 102 people last year. The first UN peacekeeping mission was established on the 29th of May 1948. Since then, over 1 million people have served in 72 UN peacekeeping operations. Today, UN peacekeeping deploys more than 95,000 military, police and civilian personnel in 13 operations around the world. The specific theme for 2020 is women in peacekeeping. The UN states that women peacekeepers make invaluable contributions to peacekeeping. They help improve overall peacekeeping performance, have greater access to communities, especially to women, and therefore help in promoting human rights and protection of civilians. The UN also affirms that when diverse women participate in peace negotiations, 
the quality and durability of peace agreements increases. And when women are signatories of peace agreements, they are more likely to be implemented. Today, Sunday the 31st of May, is World No Tobacco Day. The World Health Organization uses this day to inform the public about the dangers of using tobacco and the business practices of tobacco companies. World No Tobacco Day began in 1987 to draw global attention to the tobacco epidemic and the preventable death and disease it causes. And this year, 2020, is specifically focusing on protecting youth from industry manipulation and preventing them from tobacco and nicotine use. The WHO hope to empower youth to stand up to big tobacco by dispelling its lies and refusing to use its products. So, what has been discussed at the UN this week? As before, if any of the things I mention particularly catch your attention, then you can hop on the UN Web TV website and watch the meetings in full. On Wednesday, there was a meeting about sustaining food security and resilience in Africa in the face of COVID-19. They discussed how with over 60% of the African continent's population in rural areas and dependent on smallholder or family farming, the risk from the COVID-19 pandemic to food supply chains, market access and nutrition is high. Lockdown measures have disrupted internal f- supply chains, halting food production, which has made it increasingly difficult for many people to access sufficient food. They also spoke about the impact of the locust swarms which continue to devastate crops in East Africa and the importance of ensuring farmers are able to get seeds as soon as possible so they do not miss this planting season, since that would have long-term repercussions. On both Wednesday and Thursday, there were seminars about how artificial intelligence, including profiling, automated decision-making, and machine learning technologies, may, without proper safeguards, affect the enjoyment of the right to privacy. This discussion included what legal and regulatory frameworks already exist and what future approaches may be necessary to ensure artificial intelligence does not infringe upon human rights, such as privacy, but also freedom of movement and freedom of speech. There was also a meeting on Wednesday about the protection of civilians in armed conflicts. They discussed the need for compliance with international humanitarian law and international human rights law and accountability for violations of both of these. The meeting included a briefing from the Secretary-General of the United Nations, who spoke about the humanitarian challenge of the COVID-19 pandemic. There was also a briefing by the President of the International Committee of the Red Cross, who spoke about the rising numbers of displaced peoples and his desire for heavy explosive weapons to no longer be used in populated areas. That's all from me for now, but join me next week for more UN insights and news. See you then! Ashling's UN Insight, a weekly look at the work of the United Nations. Been